Although it's the end of the week and it's the end of camp and we got to go home today, it's not the end of uh, living for the Lord. It's the very beginning. So i got to give you a challenge today and I'm going to come up with uh, a review for you and then tell you today's title, okay? Here's the review. Tips for training. Some of y'all remember these tips that we are supposed to get rid of those things. Remember, lay aside those things that hold us back. Got to get rid of them. That's a continual thing. You don't, I've done it at camp and that'll take care of it. No, that's, that's a daily thing. You get rid of the junk that's around you. Number two, you get going, start running. Third thing, keep your gaze, your eyes upon Him. And the last one, you give thanks. Now this is a daily process. So if you want something, give me something that'll work on Monday. This is it. Say, Jesus, forgive me of something. I've said I won't do that and here I'm messing up again. But you've promised to forgive me. Please forgive me. Help me to get going again. A quitter is not someone who gets knocked down. A quitter is someone who stays down. Get back up. You'll defeat the devil by getting back up. Just like this young man here, he keeps on running. That's what we got to do. So tips for training. Try those four things on Monday. They'll work. God says they will. You get rid of the junk. Keep going. Keep your eyes on him. And stop and thank him for what he's done. See if you remember this one. Next one. Punch it up there. See if you remember this one. Going for the going for the gold, Eric Little says. He gets back up and he keeps running. He felt so convicted that he uh, was refined and said, I will not run on Sunday because it is against what I believe in. So sometimes if someone says, would you do this? No, nope, that's not what I believe in. He stood alone. I don't know of anybody else in the 1924 Olympics in Paris, France that refused to run, but he did. Being refined to finish, and Eric Little, by that race, he jumped back up, kept going, and he finished. Not only finished, he won. But when he won, he didn't want to say, hey, I've got all the gold, so I gave you this as an idea. Once you win the gold or when you have victories in your life, don't start saying, oh, it's all about me. Sell for silver and say, I am second. And when I have victories, God's the one that gets the praise, and He'll let you keep winning some things as long as you put Him in top place. How about this one? When you go home daily, practice this too. Jesus, I am second. You were first. You lead the way, and that person that's leading the way not only shows you the way, but He also protects you. Okay? So like a lead block. If I come out with a football and you're my lead blocker, you're the one that's going to get hit first. Jesus, let Him get hit first. He can handle the hit. Remember, I am second. And, boom. Here we go. Let the games begin. That's today's title. Let the games begin. Well, I thought we were ending. It's the end of the week. It's the end of camp. No, we're just beginning. Let the games begin. So I want to give you a final charge. Just like Timothy, he was a young preacher boy. Paul said, let me give you the final charge. So my final charge to you is going to come up today. Can I give you a couple things just to show you? I know the righteous live by faith, but every once in a while, it's neat to have something that you can see. Often the Jewish people would say, Jesus, give us a sign. Let me just give you a couple things that bless my heart. I was down there in the uh, swimming pool last night getting ready to baptize Courtney, and usually you have a handkerchief or a washcloth or something, and I thought, I don't have anything right here. Paul comes up and stands right there. I said, Paul, you got a handkerchief? Just so happens I do. Okay, Paul's arrived 10 seconds before I need it. You say, oh, big deal. It's just a little something to remind me that God, Jehovah Jireh is another name for God. 
Jehovah Jireh means God will provide. Here's a, something that encourages me too. There's a girl named Savannah from Altoona. Anybody know Savannah from Altoona? Where is Savannah from Altoona? There she is on the back row. I'm going to use Savannah just for an example. Savannah, would you stand up just for a second, split second? Can you go like this for Savannah? Thank you. I won't embarrass her, but uh, I'm going to brag on you. You know what I wish everybody would do at camp? I wish they would come to camp. If they don't know Christ, accept Jesus. Have the desire to follow Him in believer's baptism. Grow in your church. And be a light for Jesus. Basically, that's what Savannah's done this week. Savannah shows up. And she told me today, she said, I'd really like to be baptized. And I'm thinking, well, Uncle Paul likes us to let you go back to your home church and be baptized. That's what I, I said, Savannah, do you know Jesus? She said, I got, I asked Jesus into my heart yesterday, Savannah. She asked Jesus into her heart. So she's been forgiven of her sins. Jesus comes in. He's now got a brand new home. Jesus is smiling. He loves, Jesus loves to move into a new neighborhood. He's in Savannah's heart. First thing Savannah does, I'd like to be baptized. Who tells her that? Matter of fact, let me jump back to the first step. I said, who won you to the Lord? And she said, I just prayed and asked Jesus into my heart. Nobody's around? No. So basically, Jesus speaks to her heart and she just knows to bow and pray. No one's around? I don't know about you. That doesn't happen too often. Most time it's me speaking or someone. When Jesus himself, I've heard of people doing that before. They said they've watched a Billy Graham crusade on, just bow their head. Jesus, I need you. There's nobody in the house. You've just been so there's no one around, but yet Jesus speaks to you. Savannah gets saved in a unique way. Then she says, I need to be baptized. And I said, well, you need to go back and find a church home. She said, I don't have a church home. Okay, but I want one. So she wants to be baptized. That's obedience. She wants to find a church home so she can grow. She wants to be a light for Jesus. So Savannah, thank you for being my example today. She's done everything. She's the, if we had a poster child, she would be it. Get saved. Be obedient to baptism. Find a church and grow. She wants to do all those. I think that's neat. If I could get everybody in the room to be that way before they leave today. I know Jesus. Okay, and everybody says, I've not been baptized, but I'm going to do that when I go home. I know baptism has nothing to do with salvation, but I want to let people know I'm saved. Good. Find a church home. I don't have one, but I'm going to find one and start growing. And next year when I show up, I'm going to show you, Edgar, how much I can grow in a year because Jesus is going to leave me that way. Savannah, I've got high hopes for you. But i got to warn you, before you go back, it's going to be tough next week. So here's what I'm going to remind you of. My final charge to you is this. Check this out. you got to carry the torch wherever you go. And here's some verses for you. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. I've used these verses before, but I've got to read the first few verses. There was a young man named Timothy. And picture him at camp. And picture him about ready to go back home like you are. And Paul says, I've got to find some words to tell Timothy to encourage him once he gets back to the house. Or he's going to want to quit. And he's going to want to say, I can't do this. So Paul's got to give him some good words. If you'll find 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy, or you can just listen to me. 1 Timothy chapter 4. My Bible titles this, Instructions to Timothy. So you can listen. 1 Timothy. I said 1 Timothy. It should be 2 Timothy. Sorry. 
Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 4. Paul stands up and he says, Timothy, let me talk to you. You're a young preacher. It's like you're a young camper. Second Timothy chapter 4. And this is his charge to Timothy. My Bible even says this. If you'll look a little bit further back, uh, it's in chapter 3 verse 10. Chapter 3 verse 10 says this. Paul's charge to Timothy. Look at verse 10 of chapter 3 and we'll go into 4. Paul says, You, however, know about my teaching. Well, you guys know about my teaching, my way of life. I hope you know about my way of life. My purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. What kinds of things happened to me? Now, Paul says in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra. I could say in Roanoke. You guys know a little bit about me if I'm being with me this week. And Paul says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life... Well, let me back... Uh, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured. Paul's had it a lot rougher than I have. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If you go back and find it tough next week, Paul says, yep, you will. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, would you say these three words? Will be persecuted. Try it again. Will be persecuted. Okay, I've warned you. Anybody who wants to live a godly life is going to be persecuted. While evil men and impostors will go out from bad to worse, deceiving, being deceived. But as for you, watch what he says. I can just picture a coach putting his finger in somebody's face. Verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you've learned. What you've learned this week. Continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it. Me and Uncle Paul. He also gives Timothy a compliment. I don't know about you, but anybody that's gotten saved at a young age, my son Andy asked Jesus into his heart from four, so he'd qualify from this verse, verse 15. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then he says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So then Paul says this, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of the appearing of His kingdom, I give you this charge. I'm going to do the same thing to you right now that Paul did to Timothy. I give you this charge. Here's what I want you to do. Preach the Word. You say, I'm not a preacher. Just stay in the Word. You can interpret it that way. Preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers who will just say what their itching ears want to hear. And you say, well, that's sort of confusing. I'll put it this way. There are preachers that preach on the radio and on television that their, their congregation probably just wants to hear. Well, just tell us that God loves us. He won't, there is no place as hell. There is. There's no hell. God loves us. And he's just going to. And that's what their itching ears want to hear, so to speak. So that's what the preacher tells them. And every Sunday is just a pep talk. You just go out there and do a good job and be good. And then you don't hear the truth. I probably said some things this week that you didn't really like to hear. But I've told you the truth. So, Paul says to Timothy, here it is. Verse 5, but keep... But you, keep your head in all situations, stay focused here, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge the duties of the ministry. He's telling Timothy, stay faithful. And here's our familiar verses. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and at the time, and my time has come for my departure. I'm about ready to die. 
So I can therefore say, I fought a good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Therefore, there is, and this is for you and me right here, there is a crown of righteousness laid up for me. And Paul says, but not just for me, but to all those who long for his appearing. When Jesus comes back, how many of you will have a crown of righteousness? Don't be ashamed. Put your hand up. You got a crown. Are you saved? You'll get a crown of righteousness. There's a promise. So Paul, if he stood up before you right now and treated you like Timothy, be strong. You're going back to Knoxville next week. Be strong and just list your town. And he says, then there's going to be some friends that give you persecution. They're going to say, ah, you don't know. Nope, I'm going to live for Jesus. Well, go ahead and do that. Nope, I've got to take a stand. And on some days that you do stumble, say, Edgar told me I would. I just got to ask forgiveness and get back up and keep going. And there's going to be some people say, well, I tell you what, why don't you just go to church once a month? So like the itching ears. Why don't you just not take it too seriously? You say, no, I've got to learn. I've got to be like Savannah said. I've got to find me a church. I've got to get baptized. I've got to do the things right now while I want to do them. Because if you wait, you won't want to do them. And when you long for His appearing, it's going to come about one day. Check this thing out then. Next one. Let the games begin. Second Timothy chapter 2. He later tells Timothy this. You say, well, we're in chapter 4. Can we go back to 2? I'm not sure exactly when he told him all these things, but it says the appeal renewed. You then, my son, be strong in the grace. This is what I'm going to tell you before you walk out the door and get on the buses today. You then, my son, or I could say daughter, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. You're going to have some of you go back and actually work with the children in your church. Some of you will. I get to work in Awana. So you're going to be a teacher. Watch what verse 3 says. Join with me in suffering. So when things get tough, don't say, oh, woe is me. Things. Say, hey, I'm like Jesus. Jesus had it tough. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. You say, okay, you lost me again. Pretend like I'm a soldier. I'm deployed to uh, Afghanistan. What's my job in Afghanistan? To be a soldier. If I go over there and get distracted, I'm not going to do my job. That's what he means. A good soldier. When they would have Roman soldiers in biblical times, they would move into an area. The job of the Roman soldiers was this. Uh, I can give you to guard a certain place. Well, I go to Great Britain. How about this? I am. What kind of guard stands in front of the palace? Is this a Coldstream Guard or is this a Royal Guard, Coldstream Guard? Uh, Beef eaters, whatever you want to call them. They got the big black hat. They're like this. Somebody can come by and say, hey, hey, hey. I don't move. Now, what would it amount to if I am a strong guard looking straight at guarding the palace and somebody comes in? Shut up, you. Okay. I can't do that. I can't get involved. I've got to ignore him. My job is to guard the palace. Well, what about this? I'm to guard the palace and somebody comes by and goes, hey, little kid. And I chase him down the street because he spit on my shoes. Who's guarding the palace now? No one. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled. Don't, don't chase after something. If people say, hey, how come you believe? I have people my age do that. Why you even plant a church? That's a waste. God's called me to do it. Well, I don't think it's right. That's what you think? That's cool. But I'm not going to argue with you. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you why about the love of God. And then I rip his head off telling him about Jesus' love. That's crazy. I don't get entangled with him. I'm not going to, you can't draw me out into an argument. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. That means everyday life of something else. 
but rather tries us to please His commanding officer. I'm going to do what God tells me. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete, let the games begin, who competes as an athlete, does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. We're going to do what the Bible says. Boom, here comes the next thing. Then. I hope I've, uh, I'm going to give you a challenge. Very, very simple things. Check this out. Let the games begin. I want to make sure that you do one last thing before you uh, leave today. I'm going to give you this. If you do not know Jesus, let me tell you what it's like. Here's the verses. Wise and the foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words, I just gave you a challenge. You say, all right, you just told me to live strong for Jesus. Make sure He's my Savior. Ask Him for forgiveness when I fall. Get up when I fall and keep living. And don't let the world pull me away or get me distracted, but keep focused on Jesus. That's what you've told me. Yeah. Therefore, I just now told you something. Put my words into practice. Because if you don't listen to me and do what I'm telling you to do today, things are going to happen. Let's check this out. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Rain came, streams rose. That'd be like persecution comes, trials come. Streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had a firm foundation in Jesus. He's the rock. So Savannah, the first time something happens or you stumble or you sin, say, that's all right. Edgar told me I am built on a rock at Jesus. I just ask forgiveness. I get right back up. Because she's not going to let the waves of life bother her. But if you don't have Jesus as a rock, here's you. But everyone who hears these words of mine, I've told you about Jesus and how to be saved this week. If you go back home next week and never accept Him, you're going to be like this guy. You hear the words of mine, you don't put them into practice. You don't believe me. You don't want to do what I'll tell you. You're like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Rain came, streams rose, winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. You say, my life's just falling apart. It's amazing to me how someone who's going through so much, whether someone's got, i got a big drinking problem or i got to do this, or I, you just name it. I don't know in today's world. And I say, have you tried Jesus? Oh, I don't want to do that. Well, what you're doing is not working. How can it be any worse? Try it. You're like a house in the sand right now. Today, next thing here, let the games begin. I don't know if you want to write things down or not. They're real, real short. Have Jesus as your firm foundation. You say, gosh, you just tell us that over and over again. I'm just saying it's the only thing that will work. I just now told you don't build on the sand. Have Jesus as a firm foundation. Okay, I'm saved. Glad I got that over with. No, no. That's just your beginning. It's just like this camp. It ends today, but let the games begin. Surely the rest of your life. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. Don't say, oh, camp's over. The emotions are dying down and I'm back into my world. Don't you dare do that. Have Jesus as a firm foundation. I know I'm saved. You're going to walk back into the world. Do this. Number two. Feelings will come and go. On Monday or Tuesday when you say, well, I don't feel like it. I'm an emotional high, and then it's like, Paul said it, John 8.32, the truth will set you free. When you feel discouraged next week, what's the truth? I am saved. I know Jesus. I don't feel saved today. I don't feel, but I know I am. He says I am. I'm just going to bank on Him. I'm going to trust in Him. Number three. You will fall. First John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, John says, My little children, I write these things unto you that you don't sin. But when you sin, 
you have an advocate through the Father who is Jesus Christ. He'll forgive you. So it's like, don't sin. Try your hardest not to. But if you do, get back up. Can I put that in everyday language for you? You're my football player. If I put you on the field, here, run the ball around that end. Do the best you can. You roll around the end and somebody hits you and you fumble the ball. Good, I'll just quit, put the shoulder pads up and drive on home. No, what you do, you jump back up, come over to the sideline and say, sorry coach, I didn't mean to fumble. That's okay. You're still on the team. You're still my player. Hang in there. Got the ball back just now. Defense played good. Get back in there and run it again. That's Jesus. So when you go home Monday, great, score a touchdown. I'm doing good things. And then, oh, I messed up today. I got mad. about felt like cussing my brother out. You fumble it, in other words. Pick it up, and your brother says, I thought you were saved. You sure used some bad language. You know what? I'm sorry. You're right. If Jesus lives in me, since Jesus lives in me, I shouldn't talk like that. I'm sorry. You forgive me, and your brother will go, what? Yeah, there's a change in me. Sorry. You get back up if you fall. Now, check those three things out before I give you the last three. Have a firm foundation. You got it? Yep. I don't feel like this. It's all right. Hang on. Hang on. Don't give in to feeling like, can I do this? Anybody remember the Indiana Jones movie? First one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was tied to this pole. And Miriam was behind him. And he says, keep your eyes closed. Just hang on. The wind went through and then the wind died down. Everything was all right. That's sort of like you in the whirlwinds of life. Have a firm foundation. Jesus is my firm foundation. I'm not going to let, I don't feel right. I've got to trust. I've got to trust. I've got to hang on. And you will fall. But you need to get back up. Can I show you, uh, in 1988, in Calgary, Canada, there was a, an event called the bobsled. And the country, Jamaica, entered the bobsled race there. And they... Can you imagine Jamaica? We've got this tiny little sand-filled place and they're going to put a bobsled team together. That's sort of like Hawaii having a snowball festival. It just don't happen. So they didn't know a lot about it, but Hollywood used it. Some of, most of the stuff in the movie is probably not quite accurate. But the thought behind it is this. They went, they competed. People laughed at them and it's like, Jamaica having a bobsled team. Y'all shouldn't be here. You don't belong we're going to do this bobsled team if it kills us. And it just about did. But then they finally got up and they ran the bobsled. Everything's going great. So this is you. Everything's strong. Everything's powerful. And then things started going wrong. What do you do when things go wrong? Let's see what they did when things went wrong. That's what Jesus says to us. Jesus says, I'll see you at the finish line. That's us stepping across the starting line. This is us this week at camp. Yeah! Emotional. We got it. We got it. Everything's fine. Jesus is with us. Then we start to go home. We don't feel quite the same. And this is you next week. But watch what he says. Here's where true champions are born. You get up and you finish the race. A question for you before we finish today. Uh, just a couple things. That, that clip reminds me of a couple. So I'll pass them on to you. That Olympics took place in Calgary. And they picked up a sled, and it reminds me of a man at Calvary who, instead of a sled, picked up a cross, made it to the finish line. Can you imagine Jesus hanging on the cross? And if I could, you know, just pretend for a moment, someone coming up to him, the Bible doesn't say this, but I can imagine 
if Jesus is sitting there like this and someone comes up and asks him the same question, he says, Jesus, are you dead? He says, what? No, but I got a what? I got to finish the race. And he said those three words. It is finished. So carrying a cross up Calvary reminds me of carrying that sled up into Calvary. And that sort of motivates me. I've got him as my firm foundation. Jesus, he's the rock. I'm not going to let feelings bother me. And some days I feel emotional. Sometimes this week we've cried and people have gotten saved, people getting close. I'm excited. I'm not sad. I have tears of joy. So feelings are a big part of that. But when the feelings wash away, I still know my firm foundation is there. Number three, when I fall, I get back up like they did in this movie. Number four, I, I, once I get back up, I focus on the finish line. i got to keep my eyes on Jesus. Simon Peter was walking on the water. Jesus has come to me. And Simon Peter started walking, and then he looked down and saw the waves, and it started all going down. And Jesus says, oh, oh, you have little faith. It's like you were doing so good, like you at camp. Get back up. How many people know, believe that Simon Peter walked on the water? Right? He sunk down. Jesus got him back up. How did Simon Peter and Jesus get into the boat? How many people believe they walked to the boat? I cannot picture Jesus going like this, swimming to the boat. Instead, he helped Simon Peter up. Oh, you fell. Get back up. Turn. There's the boat. Come on, we're walking together. And Simon Peter rises and walks again. He gets back up. He keeps his eyes where they should be. Number five. Now he's got to follow a daily walk with God. Next Monday, get up. You say, okay, I'm going to do this stuff. I don't feel like it. Edgar told me to read something. I'm going to read the book of John. John chapter 1. In the beginning... Wow, and it talks about Jesus being the light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is right here with us. Start reading in the book of John. Great stories in there. Number six, I think Winston Churchill, and he's the great British expert, uh, great Britain expert. I don't know how many times he did it, but when they were fighting the Germans in World War II, Winston Churchill stood up and made a speech one time, and he said, And whatever you do, don't quit. I think he said that about 13 times. Whatever you do, don't ever, 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 ever give up. He said ever so many times. It might have been more than that, but he got in the crowds probably out. We get the idea. Don't you ever, 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 ever give up. Get up. Final challenge for you. Eric Little was a great runner. Remember he fell down and got back up? If Eric Little could be here today, forget Edgar. He's, he's, what if it's pouring down rain? Would you still be here? Some wouldn't. I'm not going to stand in the rain to hear God's Word. Others of you would say, let it pour down. i got to hear. And picture a preacher like Eric Little, and he was. He got up and he wanted to preach to people. And it's pouring down rain and people would snuggle this with umbrellas. And they said, let me hear what he's going to say. If Jesus was speaking to you, Eric Little ran in a race. That night it says Eric Little was going to speak at 6 o'clock. If Jesus was going to speak to you, if Eric's going to speak to you, you've showed up this week. But if chapel was voluntary, would you still be here today? Boy, they make me come. If they didn't make you come, would you be asleep in your room? These guys said, we're not sleeping. And they huddled under umbrellas and listened to Eric Little's final charge to them. Here it is. Why don't you do something I don't... Uh, Usually do. Would you close your hands? Close your 
eyes bow your head. Would you put your hand straight up in the air like this? Nobody's even going to see your hand. Your eyes are closed. Just do me a favor. and I don't ask you to do a lot. Would you just do this? Hands are straight up. Everybody's hand is straight up. Eyes are closed. Heads bowed. It's almost like you're taking a pledge. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, there's some in here with their hands up. And in their heart, they're really praising you by doing that. There's others that just do it because I ask them to. But Jesus, either way, our hands are up. Eric Little just now gave us a challenge. He said, the strength, the power comes from within. When I'm gone, the camp's gone, Uncle Paul's not around, when parents are gone, when no one else is around, where do we get the power to keep going next week? That power comes from within. Jesus, you can be in our hearts because you've invited us to accept you. And some people have this week. So they're going to have power. They're going to take you with them. They're going to leave camp with more than a t-shirt or a lesson. They're going to take you with them. And you get to go back home. Dear Jesus, today with their hands raised, please bless those that have accepted you this week, that have renewed and rededicated their life this week. And Jesus, help us next week to have victory. But on the days that we get knocked down, help us to get back up because the power is within. Jesus, thank you that you offer us the invitation to accept you as our Savior. And thank you, Jesus, that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. You're in our hearts, so you're greater than the devil. We can defeat him together. You are my power today. So, Jesus, I send these young people home with the challenge of this. Make sure Jesus is in your heart. Remember that he is your power to take on the trials of life, and he will get you through. In Jesus' name, amen.